Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. It's going to be one of those days. It's going to be fun. The positive and encouraging is gone. We are back to sulfur and ash. (laughs) And again, I say we because I'm over here. Lou's over there. Hey there. And we are here to tell you that not all churches are part of the church. And that's going to be very, very important. Yeah, that was pretty catchy. I was reading through that earlier. I was like, yep. Yeah, I I spared Lou from the sulfur and ash last week with positive and encouraging. Yeah, right. And so this week we're doubling down on the sad and depressing. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So before we get to the sad and depressing, though, let's have some fun and actually do something productive. We are in 1 Peter chapter 4. Yeah. Now, we are in here mainly for one verse. Yeah. But... But, 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 There's a lot of good stuff in here, though. You can't just read mm-hmm. the one verse. Right. So, just so, remember, Bible study is just like real estate. Location, location, location. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Context, context, context. Right. So, beloved, he's writing to the church. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. So... This goes back all the way to chapter 1 of 1 Peter. 1 Peter in chapter 1 has already reminded you that you should be seeking joy, that you should be standing firm under trials. Read 1 Peter 1, it'll do you good. So he reminds you of that and then cautions you. Why are you surprised that there is testing? Knowing that testing actually is good for you. 1 Peter 1 makes this point. James 1 makes this point. Romans 5 makes this point. Luke 12 makes this point. Um, I I think you kind of catch my drift here. Right. Um, Luke 6, one of my favorite parables, makes this point. The parable of the foundations. Okay, shifting sand. Yeah, always remember that the house that was built on the good foundation still went through the storm. It wasn't spared the storm. It went through it. It survived it. So this is a consistent thing. Jesus warns the disciples in the upper room. They persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Right. They've come for me, they're coming for you. You'll be given the grace when you need it. So I think that's important. I think we forget that today and there's a lot of, you know, Christian ideas out there that 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 would posit the that if, if you're a Christian no harm will come your way. I mean, yeah. you've got angels protecting you and and man, there's just so many weird things that have been taught in about this. Subject. Yeah, instead of the name it and claim it, we want to grab them and smack them. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a name and claim it guy. That should be your fate. Sorry. Oh my goodness. I'm naming and claiming my right to smack you. <laughs> <laughs> We're inaugurating the Nehemiah 13 ministry. In I was real just time, thinking folks. about that. There right. you go. So this is the consistent theme of scripture. This is the right. consistent reality of Christian living. Ooh, shameless plug alert, shall we? Sure. Mondays. There's stories of martyrs hmm. every Monday. At least for the next few weeks, because I'm actually ahead in the recording of them. It's an encouragement to mm-hmm. see these faithful men and women standing firm for Christ, being given the grace of the Holy Spirit when they needed it. Yeah. This has been the reality of the church since, if you're going to be honest with you, before there was a church. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I mean going, the, going, the apostolic witness is to rejoice when all these things come upon you. I mean, but even the Old Testament witness would be the same thing. Of course. The yeah. prophets are raised up, the prophets are sent to the people, the people kill the prophets. Yeah. I mean, Jesus asked the question, which, which prophet? one did you... Well, I'm sorry, Stephen asked that question. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not kill? Right. And Jesus points out that Jerusalem is what? 
the you, one who kills the prophets that are sent to her. Right. I mean, the, the stubbornness of sin. This is what happens. Yeah, nobody wants to be told that they're doing something wrong. Yeah, that's never gone well, not one time in human history. I, I mean, yet, that's, that's so true to, even today. And yet that's the, where we live. Yep. And it is a necessary thing. It is a necessity. So don't be shocked. Right. You told them they were sinners and they didn't like it. <laughs> Who'd have thunk that one, right? Right. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice in exaltation. So, by persevering through trials and joy, you are demonstrating what? You are demonstrating the work of the Holy Spirit, the production of spiritual fruit, and the presence of salvation in your life. You are proving that sanctification is actually at work in you. Yes. That is very, 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 very good news. Why? Because as Jesus told you, he who perseveres to the end will be saved. Right. Not he who, you know, sort of, kind of figures this out as he goes along, but he who perseveres to the end. How do I know I'm persevering to the end? Because I'm persevering. persevering. Right. I mean, we, we complicate this, but it's, it's not supposed to be difficult. Well, that's a question I think you probably get a lot. How do I know if I'm saved or... You know, how do I know if I'm persevering? I mean... Is there fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Did I leave one out? If I did, go read Galatians 5, it'll do you good. Yeah, Galatians 5 is a good one. But there's fruit being produced in my life. I am persevering in the face of trials. Why? Because I'm amazing? No, because God is amazing. And because he who began a good work will bring it to the day of completions, Philippians 1. So because all of those things are at work in me, I can rejoice because I can see the work of God because I'm experiencing the work of God in real time. Peter is pointing you back to this reality, okay? Okay. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory of God rests on you. So in other words, same idea. You can be blessed. You can be secure in their hatred because they'll hate you because they hated Christ. Right. They'll persecute you because they persecuted Christ. This is just how it is. So because that's happening, you can know that you are standing firm and that because you are not wavering, it is because the Holy Spirit is holding you up and carrying you along. Well, the same, the same spirit that, that came to kill Christ is still alive and well in our planet right yeah, now. Evil hadn't gone anywhere. It's not yet. gone anywhere. I mean, so by sure—well, we have to be careful because sometimes people, they, they think they're living this Christian life, and I think we're going to get an example and of that's that. that's where we're going in just a minute. But they, they, are, they feel like they're being persecuted, but they're not. They're actually walking on the wrong side of the road. And this is why I'm always telling you to check yourself. So yeah. Yeah. make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. Hmm. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in his name, in this name. So in other words, check yourself. Look, how many times have I said this? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Nice. Yeah, I break out my inner hood every, every yeah. so often. <laughs> Gangster. Yeah, because I'm not like the poster child for white people. Yeah, right. <laughs> you look at a You're picture of neon. a white dude, and there's like me. Yeah. <laughs> cheesing in the dictionary there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, when, and this is something I've always said. When criticism comes, when rebuke comes, mm-hmm. no matter the source, right. take it seriously evaluate what's the criticism where is it coming from why is it being leveled am i guilty if i am repent walk faithfully if i am not then do not worry and continue on peter's giving you the same advice here Mm -hmm. make sure you're suffering what for the name of christ make sure you're not just being a doofus 
who names the name of Christ yeah. and is suffering because you're doofusying. <laughs> That's what doofuses do. Like prophets prophesy, doofuses doofusy. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> laughing. We're making up words as we go here. Yes. Look, it's a word now. So yeah. it is written, so, so it, it shall, shall be done. Be done. <laughs> or if you prefer modern Star Wars, I have spoken. Nice. <laughs> now, for it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, then what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? This is an important distinction. We shouldn't fear this. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't worry about it because the fire is all it's going to do is reveal what's wheat and what's chaff. All it's going to do is separate sheep from goats. And if the sheep are lost, <coughs> if the sheep are lost to the world during this process, there has been no destruction. There has simply been a calling from God and a culling of the worldly herd. Mm. This is good news. Yeah. Now, again, I didn't tell you to long for death. I didn't tell you to look forward to it. But I did tell you not to panic about it. And I did tell you not to fear it. And those are important distinctions. Because we panic. Well, what's going to happen? We turn into Elijah. Mm. Lord, they've killed all your prophets, and I'm the only one left. Right, right. No, that's that's a common <laughs> reaction. I mean, that's that's the breakdown. That's how we that's think humanity. about That's yep. humanity. Yeah. No. Let judgment, if it's going to come, let it start with the household of God. Winnow us first mm -hmm. so that we may be tried so that we may be tested yeah. so that we not be found wanting daniel chapter six yeah. but so that our witness be strengthened and our testimony be secured by the power of the gospel because if that judgment is getting to the point that it is coming upon the household of faith mm -hmm. then what does it look like outside of the household of faith and that is something that should both terrify and concern us on a regular basis because right. if we are struggling with this if we are needing the utmost grace and mercy of god in order to persevere and overcome what is it looking like for those that don't have that oh they're they're without hope and that becomes the problem right and that that's and hence the the call to to preach the gospel to everyone everywhere why our standing firm actually produces fruit and good works in the community because it's sure. actually necessary. They need to see us standing firm. They need mm -hmm. to see us persevering because then they can ask, by what strength do you stand firm? Right. By what strength do you continue against these slings and arrows? See, now I can proclaim Christ. Right. Now we're getting somewhere. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? All right, you just, you just talked about that. Therefore... Those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Mm. In other words, yeah. if you're being persecuted, again, go back to his previous point. Make sure it's for the good thing. And if it is, then don't worry. All right, rejoice. You're secure. Yeah, we need to rejoice when these <laughs> things happen. Dude. Yeah, you have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to fear. God shall not be mocked. God has not forsaken his people. God will carry you through to that good day, and you can rejoice in the face of a world that hates you because they don't hate you. They hate the creator who sustains you. All right. And there is none who will conquer him, and there is none who will pry you out of his hand. For sure. This is good news. Now, why do we need to tell you that story? No oh boy. <laughs> almost spit my coffee right there sorry about that no you're good yeah because uh, all right don't let's disclaimer time okay let's okay. let's throw out a few disclaimers first i think this is important don't get ahead of me christian don't get ahead of me and going but, 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 but. don't do that 
we want you to make sure that you stop and think through this somewhat from the world's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then realize that there's not just one group, okay? So don't don't get too far ahead of me, mm-hmm. but pay attention. And I don't have this whole article. If you want to hunt this down, then, then go for it. But uh, we, the, the, I have enough. Yeah. Lord, Lord yeah. knows there's enough sulfur and ash on this one that my tablet is melting a little, so it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. <sighs> Prepare yourself. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah got to get, get in my safe place. You really? Every two weeks, a group of 20 people board a flight in Dallas, Texas. Texas, man. Texas. Can't believe that, yeah. Escorted by a member of the clergy. Mm. They head to Albuquerque, New Mexico for a day trip to a clinic where each person received personalized reproductive care. That's like the most sanitized way I've ever heard of like murdering the unborn. Yeah, right, right. Personalized reproductive care. That's what they're calling it. That's insane. That's how they, they get around it, man. The group organizing and fundraising for the trips includes Christian ministers and Jewish rabbis united in the common goal of getting people the care they need. The people on the trips qualify by being below a certain income level. Some have never been on an airplane before. I like how that's thrown in there to show you. There's such a random fact when I was reading that. Most have jobs. Some are college students. Almost all have children. That that really got me. Oh. Oh, that really got me. Yeah. That's just like wow. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those. What does total depravity look like? Hey Google. <laughs> <laughs> right. It'll it'll show you that. Show me totally depraved. Most get surgical abortions on the trip. At the end of the long day, they all fly home. The resources they have to get access to what I consider a fundamental right to terminate a pregnancy and control their bodies is limited by their position in society, which is why this whole thing is a war on the poor. They should have t-shirts. This is a quote from Daniel Cantor, the senior minister and CEO of the First Unitarian Church of Dallas. Okay, yes, I understand that Unitarians are not Christians. Mm -hmm. Unitarians aren't even like a religion it's a social club based upon religious principles like i think atheists are actually more religious than unitarians oh wow and i'm serious about that okay i I'm would, a, I know it takes more faith to be an atheist i mean i would actually argue that certain communist groups are more religious than unitarians and i think some of the things that i've i've read and heard over the last few weeks coming from Things like Planned Parenthood and different ethnic groups talking about this is a sacred right to them. That it just tells me that the and people they don't mean R I G H T. They mean R I T E right. I really believe that. That yeah, yeah, that's a pretty interesting distinction, but I think you're right too there. But I mean, when you start talking about sacred rights, you're you're talking about the religious realm. So mm-hmm. these atheists are purporting to have religious rights. Therefore, they are declaring, whether they like it or not, that they are a religion, an organized religion. What's bo- what's borderline being described here is a pilgrimage. Right. Right. I mean, they're making yeah. the hodge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we're going to make some people under there. <laughs> they just don't throw the stones at the Kaaba. They just they rock the Caspar or whatever it is they're doing. <laughs> Nice. Sharif, no, like. <laughs> Rock Sorry. It. Oh, yeah. There you go. 80s music, right? You, you need. Who is that? That's not The Cure. Who is that? Um, I don't know, but I know the song. Oh, shoot. Oh, that's going to drive me nuts the rest of the day. Mm. Anyway, someone will send an email. 
So, Canto... Oh, sorry, I didn't finish making her point there. I get that the Unitarians aren't religious. I get that they're not even Christian. But, 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 but... Gr- the group organizing the fundraising the tri- of the trips includes Christian ministers and Jewish rabbis. Right, you notice how they throw those terms out, right? So there's more than just this guy in here. That's one. But two, just because you know they're not Christian doesn't mean the world doesn't know that they're not Christian. Or they don't know. Well, well there's they're, the they're, other part of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that's the, this is why Unitarians make no sense to me, is that they would they would tell you you can worship whatever you want, and they don't care. But my worship of what I want tells them that they're wrong. And they're okay with that. And that just blows my mind. Right. Like, right. that just blows my mind. Let's each his own. That's not how this works. That's not how this game is played. That's yeah. where I actually give the faithful Muslim credit. At least he's got the guts to look at me and say, I think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I think you're wrong. Right. The person who doesn't have the guts to do that doesn't actually believe anything, which is why I say that I think atheists are more religious than Unitarians. Because at least the angry atheist will look at me and say, he thinks I'm an idiot. And he thinks I'm a moron for believing what I believe. He's actually got the guts to draw a line and say there's a right and a wrong. Yeah, I the think... Unitarians don't have that. They're still on shifting sand, if you. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, again, it's like an entire religious movement built around the premise of "Did God really say?" I mean, it's the most impressive thing in the world. Like, how do you build a religious mov- movement around? Eh. <laughs> I mean, that should be their motto. Eh. Well, I believe this. Eh, I right. believe that. Eh, I think we should do this. Eh, I mean, that that's their motto. How do you do that? I don't know. I've that doesn't never, even make sense to me. I've never really tried to make sense of something like that. See, I do because this is what drives me insane. That's why I, these one, this is one of the things I, I talk about that I refer to as the thoughts that keep me out of the really good schools. No. <laughs> like, like you just sit there and, and illogical thinking just boggles my brain. But this is why I like people watching it. Christmas time at the mall, like drink my coffee, watch people lose their minds, beat their kids, you know, the typical mall fair at Christmas. Because I like actually seeing, like, the thought process and actions of human beings. It's like a National Geographic documentary, but in real time. Like, when you watch the National Geographic things, and they're like, and the zebra on the Serengeti is being stalked by the lion, and the hyenas are following the lion. Like, that's interesting, because you're like, it's this whole social world that I'm not a part of Uh that's going on in front of me. Right, right. Well, that's why I do at the mall. It's like a whole social world that I'm not a part of. I just sit there and do the British voice in my head and drink my coffee, you know? Uh. And here's the angry mother (laughs) shopping for her clothes. The toddler is going to die shortly because he won't stop annoying her. You mean, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. So when I see stuff like this, it's like, how, what, oh, how, how do you make sense of it, right? I can't. I just, it's it's mind boggling. So, Cantor organizes the trips along with other clergy members. Five years ago, he helped found a multi faith chaplaincy team made up of Christian and Jewish clergy to provide counseling to women at an abortion clinic in Dallas. But things changed last year when Texas passed an especially punitive law banning abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. SB8 changed almost everything about the chaplaincy, Cantor said. Our patient load went from 100 patients a day to 30 patients a day, and 15 weren't eligible for an abortion procedure because they were more than six weeks pregnant. So we pivoted to a travel program. What chaplaincy were you doing? This is insane. They're saying that they had 100 babies that they were killing a day. That's what they're saying. And they're disappointed because then they only got 30. And then they're even more disappointed because 15 couldn't die. <sighs> This is. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, because they were more than six weeks old. Never, ever, ever question why a loving God allows a hell. Right. I'm. I'm serious. This is. Yeah. This is a 
Oh, I'm, it's, it makes me so furious. But but we just how process could, this. How could those who claim the name of Christ be any have any part to do with like this? Like you said, we're going to go to the abortion clinic and do counseling. Okay, I get that. Yeah. We're seeing 100 women a day. Well, that's depressing. Well, now we're only seeing 30 since they passed this law. That's good. It sounds like they were counseling them and, and encouraging them to do what they felt was right. They were absolving them. Right. Right. This They're, is meeting no. your felt need. That's what they were doing. That is a perfect analogy. They were, well, assessment, again, not an now, analogy. How does an organization that doesn't believe in anything and encourages you to believe in whatever you want absolve you of anything? I don't know. I've yet to figure that one out. So, the clergy consultation service. The clergy consultation service. Founded in 1967, six years before Roe at a time when many states banned abortion. Reverend Finley Schaefe, a Methodist minister in Manhattan. That's just like a combination of things that can't end well. Mm Mm-hmm. Co-founded the group after a mother sought his help in attaining an abortion for her teenage daughter. Process this. Wow. I know we're going back in time here. Wow. So it's 1967. Abortion is pretty much illegal everywhere. Your teenage daughter comes to you pregnant. And your first thought in getting her an abortion, which is against the law, is to go to the Methodist pastor. Why? What? Yeah, why? How does that work? What? Yeah, makes no sense to me either. Again, that's that's good, like the phrase of the day. I should title this episode. Because this doesn't even... That's... That, how? What yeah. is that? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's... Be like, hey, I got some crack I need to smuggle into the country. Let me call my pastor and see if he can help. Hey, I just shot a dude in my backyard because he was annoying me. Let me go see my pastor help me bury the body. I mean, come on. <laughs> yep. I got I to gotta traffic some 12-year-olds I abducted at the mall. You think the pastor will help us put them in the back of the Buick? I mean, what? These are all ridiculous situations. Hey, my teenage daughter's got a killer unborn kid. Let me go call the pastor and see if he'll help. Yeah, well, they're, they're trying to make this thing look like a moral right for for women. I mean, does the pastor have the nicest coat hangers? I'm confused by this. Ooh, yeah, that's another image that that kind of resurfaced since this Roe vs. Wade is the hangers. But I mean, where, what kind of counseling has the air quotes church been up to for the last fifty years? Right. I'm sorry, sixty years almost I, at this point. I I actually saw an interview with oh, the whole the the person that Roe vs. Wade came about. The whole reason it was she was the rover. She, she was, was a, it was a lie. Well, she never got the abortion. Yeah. She has three children, mm-hmm. and and she thinks that whole thing was a mistake in her life, and she regrets it greatly, deeply. It, remember, it was the thing I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Where I mentioned go Google like um, golden era era of Hollywood actors and actresses, mm-hmm. and see that they've all been like married and divorced four and four plus times. Yeah, they're not happy. Yeah. And then go look up the movie executives and the directors and the producers and realize that they got married and raised a family. and They're happy. Yeah. It's almost like, hey, the lie, the life we're showing you you should live is not the one we actually live. Like, who would actually right. live like yeah, that? Right, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. It's do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, it's all these smoke and mirrors, man. Yeah, I it's, mean, a, it's, it's, it's stability and morality for me, but not for thee. It's chaos and destruction for you. I don't want to take any part of that, but you have fun. You you go have fun. Yeah. I mean, the CCS, the Clergy Consultation Service, grew to include more than 1,000 clergy members across 38 states. 
They helped about a half million people obtain safe abortions between 1967 to 1973. According to Katie Zeh, a reverend and CEO of the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, a group that grew out of the CCS, it's so central to our faith to care for people. So it's no surprise that clergy were part of this group helping people get abortion care. You wonder why our culture's broken. Yeah, where's the help for the little bitty lives that are inside that can't... You can't hear them screaming to, don't kill me, Mom. This is... Now again, you and I would rightly look at this and go, these people aren't Christian. They are not. Like, not even a little bit. They're They're just not Christian. But... The world looks at it and says, oh, those people are very Christian. See, look, those are, those are Christian values where you care for these people, and especially these poor people that have children and are struggling to make ends meet. You definitely care for them by having their children killed. I saw, um, I saw a post today on social media that I laughed at. They oh. said, what would, the, um, what would the evangelical mainstream's response be to David if he killed Goliath today? Oh, he'd be canceled. Be like, David, you shouldn't gloat over the body. That was You should have turned the other cheek. You need to be more like Jesus. <laughs> I was just like, wow. But at the same time, this is, this is almost religious-sounding language. Yeah. This is, you know, we have to care for the downtrodden. We have to lift up the oppressed. This is what the lie of the world has used since the garden. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is it takes the words of God. And it just subtly molds it, bends it, twists it just a little bit, and then holds it up in front of you, and you go, oh, wow, you know, that, that, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I want to I wanna care for the poor, and I want to proclaim release to the captives, and I want to lift up my brothers and sisters who are, yes, yeah, I want every last bit of that. Okay, here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. That looks an awful lot like worldly philosophy. <laughs> but, 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 but. Which is why, how many times have we said the ends never justify the means? Right. Ever. Right. We have to walk in righteousness. We have to challenge this because the world looks from the outside in and goes, well, those Christians agree with us and you disagree with us. And, yeah, there is so much. My kid sent me some um, snippets from some of the social media that she's been watching, and and they actually try to go into Scripture and take pieces of it out, Mm -hmm. and they do what we always tell you not to do, take (laughs) one passage of scripture read it by itself and isolate it and then they try to moralize what they're doing based off of what they think that passage says uh for example uh the two men that get into an altercation they get into a fight and the pregnant woman that just happens to be there maybe tries to break the fight up maybe she gets injured and she doesn't die but perhaps the fetus has a problem there's only a fine but if you were to kill the woman in the process of breaking up the fight then a life for a life and so they they try to take that passage and they try to pull it out of its context and say, well, see, uh, that's not a human life. They were only fined for, the, but it doesn't really say that the fetus dies. And, and, and well, it, there's also, a, there's a lot more dealing, to it. It's also the, the law of God dealing with manslaughter versus murder. Right. Dealing with intention versus, again, God judging the heart. E- either of way, man. either way, they are twisting the scriptures, like you said, molding them so that they can make their morality look better. What's the cure for this, Christian? Well, the cure for this is nail down your theology. 
make sure that you're walking faithful and be able to point out, okay, why is that not Christian practice? Mm -hmm. Why is what I'm doing, why is that Christian practice? Always having an answer for the faith that lies within you. Mm -hmm. Being able to enter into the marketplace of ideas and debate this and explain the functionality of what we're doing in the real world. Because again, the world's gonna look at this and go, okay, you disagree with us, they do agree with us, they tell you that you're wrong for disagreeing with us, so that must be real Christianity. <clears throat> and when left on its own, it'll stand like that. Now Christian, you have to be able to do what? Am I standing in the right place? Right. Are they right? Am I wrong? Once you've evaluated that, you've now done what? You now have the arrows in your quiver to go and attack the false theology, to go attack the false idea and say, no, 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 no. They agree with you because they're sinning just like you, and here's why. Here's how this violates Scripture. Here's how this violates the law of God. Here's how this is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. And when the faux Christian comes back, you can then take apart their argument, proclaim Christ, preach the gospel to both, the, to both of the unbelievers, mm -hmm. and know that if you are persecuted from that point forward, you have done what is right and good but this starts with that constant evaluation process and that understanding of why you're walking and what you're doing because this is the stuff the world is going to give you I mean, yeah <clears throat> yeah again, but, but be prepared to rejoice when you're persecuted for christ and, well, and for preaching the gospel because that's what they're going to do but we need to do it anyway now but just to summarize this think this through mm -hmm. a group of insane air quote believers the unitarians with other Jewish rabbis, Methodists, whatever else is running around, looked at the drop-off in people getting abortions and said, oh, this is terrible. We've got to do something to help these people. The answer wasn't adoption services. The answer wasn't helping those families. The answer wasn't counseling them on anything about their lives. The answer was, we will take up money, fly them somewhere, take care of that care, and then fly them home. I mean, granted, it's probably a short flight from Dallas to Albuquerque, probably only a few hours of flight time. Mm -hmm. But for 20 people a week, that's got to be thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. Thousands. Yeah. I, I was astonished. Every week? I mean, this is like a baby-killing machine. I mean, even if, you got machine. Like a even if you got a cheap Southwest flight, and it was like 150 bucks a person, that's still like three grand a day. Well, how do you put a price on the life of a child? Well, though? I'm not saying you can, but I'm just yeah. saying. But even I mean, if they're if they're only paying for the flight, which I doubt that they are, they're probably paying for food and things. It's three grand a week to fly these people out and back. That's twelve grand a month. You'd think they would be able to help those families. Fifty thousand dollars a year is out there to do this, and I'm I think I'm low ending it. Instead of like you said, talking about you know adoption or help it's, counseling the families or helping the families make you know make and, the right decision instead of doing anything useful or valuable hey we got some cash we'll fly you out and get that taken care of and you know fly you back and you notice how they sanitize it a surgical procedure to end the pregnancy now this is a surgical we, abortion when we talk about the systems of the world this is what it looks like it looks like a fundraising and organizational machine that is again soothing the conscience because why why do you think it's such a big deal that there are air quotes clergy involved in this 
because how much better do you feel when it's a pastor who put me Well, they're trying the to normalize it. See? Every Christian believes this, right? Yeah. I mean, it was my. It was a rabbi who stuck me on the flight. It was a pastor who put me on this plane that enabled me to do this. Who took care of the fundraising? Who cared for me and gave me some counseling and told me everything was going to be all right? Mm -hmm. I'm fine. Yeah, I don't really care what you call yourself. That's just wrong. Oh, I get that. But yeah. This is. This is not just like a random group of people that got together, had some cash, and took care of this. This is an entire fake structure set up to emulate what Christian ministry has been attempting to do for years. Set up counseling centers to point women down a righteous path, to point them to care for themselves and for their children, to train them up, so to speak, and to disciple them to, as you said, make a better decision for your family, to do what is right in the sight of God. And this entire parallel structure has been assembled to not just undo that, but to outwork it so that we can get to them before you do. Yeah, I've noticed that there, you know, these organizations like this are so well organized and so well funded and so well uh, accepted in our communities that they could pretty much ask for whatever they needed and support, you know, three times the 20 or maybe even more than that and, and not even blink an eye. They're that much, they're, they, we need to have that ethic, that work ethic, that we are not going to stop until we can outwork them. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, never, ever question judgment. Because when you see stuff like this and you think through the details and what has to go on into this, judgment is just. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Be prepared to walk in the midst of a Christian. Yeah. Because they're both going to hate you. Yeah. The fake religious system and the person who's being served by that fake religious system are going to hate you. Why are you standing? Where are you standing? And are you on the right path moving forward? And if you are, then don't worry about it. Judgment will come. None will be lost. Mm. So this was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> quite a message from last. Uh, well. So what have we learned here today, children? Judgment is always just. We must hold the doctrinal line. What does it look like when it starts going left and right and shifting away? It looks like some insanity, real quick. And the world will <laughs> the world will infect all that align with it. Not some. All. They will allow none to stand because, not because they hate you. Always remember this. Not because they hate you. Because they hate the God that you represent. So Christian, do not fear. They are defeated in Christ. You will persevere to the end. You will be redeemed, and you will stand in his presence, blameless with great joy. Rejoice in that, and know that in the meantime, the slings and the arrows are temporary. Mm -hmm. But God's grace is eternal. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.